Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! So hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup car, the 7 Xfinity, and the 29 truck. Did you say it correctly this time? No, I said Xfinity. I always going to say Xfinity. That's how I say it, yo. Mm-hmm. And joining me, normally. Brett well, whoa, 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 whoa. Not normally, because you've been out. I've missed two of the last three. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had some social things come up. Social things. Brett Griffin, spotter, Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder, and trucks. And we've got our lovely lovely co-host which i have a story about that in a minute mm. hey guys it's kb kb but the biggest news we have here today is, is our guest the one and only rob lopes <laughs> i don't know about from hendrick motorsports tire scientist yeah yes he, and he brought that spare tire oh oh wait You're so mean sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey i'm just i'm 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 healthy i'm a healthy guy we both look really healthy. <laughs> That's right. We're about twenty pounds too healthy. Twenty pounds. Yes. Too, you're exactly right. Twenty pounds too healthy. I had, I had a friend of mine uh, get a hold of me the other day. He says, "Hey man, saw you on TV during practice." He says, uh, "You know the camera adds ten pounds." I said, "Well, how many cameras are on me?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that is true though. I really think camera does add ten pounds. So, but, so tell uh, everybody they, they what must... you do, man, for Dell Junior and eighty eighteen. Okay, TJ, stop pulling that cord. I like stop I like to I... call myself a tire scientist. I the, I guess the official term is tire specialist. But if you can't make a joke out of yourself, then what's the point? But uh, I'm the tire specialist. So I handle all of all of anything that is, involves those Goodyear tires that we run is. It goes through me. I compile all the data, match sets. Um, I'll make some recommendations as far as air pressures and uh, what sets we use in certain circumstances. Um, and there's 40 of us in a cup garage, and we all have different routes to get to basically the same place as far as what we're doing with those tires. Um, we don't get them early. We do get some information early from Goodyear, so we have an idea of what we're dealing with when we get to the racetrack. But the physical tires, we don't get to prep them until we're there. When they, when you say data, mm-hmm. tell everybody what you mean by data. What I mean, they'll hear the drivers say terms like codes, stagger. Tell us what all that means. Okay. Uh, basically, I mean, there's a plethora of numbers on any single tire. Uh, it ranges from uh, date codes, which is the shift in day that the tire was produced. Uh, That's a big deal. 
it is, it is really a big deal. It was a, a month and year code on there when it was built. Uh, you can track it down to, you know, exactly pr- almost probably to within an eight-hour shift of when this tire was produced, any single tire. Uh, there's a what they call sequence number on there, which is almost like its serial number. Um, spring rate, which is how much force that tire gives back under a certain load at certain pressure. Um, there's mold numbers, uh, which is like the mold style. That number's on there. And the actual mold serial number. So they might have four or five different molds for a certain tire, and that's how you differentiate um, there's so they're all round but they're not all alike yes and you know and they're all and they're handmade by Goodyear and Akron and the amazing thing is you know people say oh man they're so inconsistent but the consistency of a Goodyear tire has gotten profoundly better as time has passed and if you've ever gone to Goodyear Akron you can go up there and you go and you watch them build a tire and you think, wow, it's no wonder that there's a, a difference in from tire to tire. But then you look at it and you look at the way they're built and like, you know, it's amazing how consistent they are because of the way they're produced. How many sets of tires did you sling this weekend and what's the most you'll sling all year at a racetrack? Uh, they, we had an interesting situation with a repave in Texas. Um, they gave us all our tires all in one lump, which isn't the typical right. race weekend force. Typically, Goodyear, div- our tires are divided up. We'll get five sets for practice and qualifying, and they're marked as practice and qualifying tires, and then we'll get another allotment, and it can vary anywhere from five sets to 14 sets for the race. Uh, since it was a repave and they were worried about possibly teams wanting to scuff tires for durability and for performance, uh, it was decided that we would get all our tires in a lump. Our maximum amount of sets was 16. You could have up to 16 sets of tires this weekend. So you got 16 sets all in one big shot. Wow. And it was up to you to sift through them to to get get your practice sets where you want them, get your qualifying set that you wanted, and you could put your sets together if you decided you wanted to scuff your race sets. Some teams opted to scuff a lot of tires. Some teams didn't scuff many. We didn't scuff many. We had a few just in case we thought we would need them. What we found out was that there wasn't really a performance advantage to running scuff tires, and there wasn't really a durability issue whether you ran a sticker or a scuff. Which sometimes you run into that at a repave, big time. Yeah, you know, there's a that, it's, uh, when you, that heat cycle a lot of time makes them more durable. Yes, that's exactly right. right. And and sometimes that heat cycle will also improve the performance of the tire, which we didn't see either of that here. Um, and Goodyear, I think, did a good job, all things considered, with the repave because this, the behind-the-scenes thing is that repave was done. There was very little information about it. Goodyear did not have a chance to tire test there. So uh, they brought nobody the, tested. So they brought the the safest tire possible, which means the hardest. Yes, basically they brought the hardest tire the, possible. The standard repave right side. You think is when a, we go back, we'll go with a softer <clears throat> tire? No. Why not? Can't you d- pull no. some strings here? I don't. We need some tire wear. I don't. Well, you you saw it yesterday that you could stay out after twenty five laps, but yeah. you got eight up. Yeah. I, I, not really. I lost our little bet every week we have here on who we got to win because of that. Yeah. So well, you saw you saw that you saw that twenty two. <clears throat> yeah, that hurt me. That twenty two stayed out. Yeah. Late. Jamie yesterday. was on too. 
And yeah. and the 48 gobbled – I mean, it took a while, but the 48 gobbled him up. But then yeah. here again – Well, we, we took we too early. Talk, we could talk about Jimmy and Jimmy's an animal. He's we took machine. too early, and that really jumped us up about 12 spots, and that made our – our car was good, and we passed a lot of cars under green too. But we um, – the – you know, we're not talking about you yet. <laughs> hey, Rob, well, so on Xfinity Day, you'll <laughs> come down to the Junior Motorsports pit stalls. What's your role on Xfinity race day after you guys are done practicing and qualifying? Oh, okay. That's a pretty good question. Uh, Long pretty good, that- Kristen. <laughs> Got to dig a little deeper. B minus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That, that, that actually is a good question because uh, one, one of the facets of my job is to obviously gather information and the fact that JRM's association with Hendrick allows me a little more um, access to what's going on on the Saturday races. I can go up there and I can talk to the JRM teams and say, hey, you know, where are you guys at on pressure? What do your tires look like? You know, I can walk into the pit box and put my hands on them, whereas it kind of gets frowned upon. (laughs) Like if I were to walk into the, like we'll say Joe Gibbs Racing Xfinity pits and start putting my hands on their tires and looking at their stuff they get a little upset at that so i don't know, I don't know why yeah <laughs> yeah why would you do that <laughs> but i i think i try to do it on most weekends i mean obviously there's some weekends that are more, a little more important to just check things out because you never know especially when goodyear brings a new tire you want to see what it, how it's performing under race conditions um and with the question of, well, you know, nobody really made a long run in, in any of our practices. You know, what's this tire going to look like after 25, 30 laps? And most of the tire specialists in the, in our series were up there on Saturday, some a little longer than others. Like, I spent probably two – I spent the better part of the race walking up and down pit road looking at everything because I wanted to gather as much information as I could for our team, my crew chief, Greg Ives there, and – because any information is going to help us. Your spotter, TJ. Yeah. TJ, well, uh, well, you know. And he, like, let's be honest here. This guy's been looking at tires since they had spokes. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's been yeah. working on tires for yeah. a long time. <laughs> How long have you been in the sport? Uh, probably longer than I should have been. Longer than I should be. I don't think I'm fit to do anything else now at this point. I'm, maybe uh, I've been a tire specialist in the Cup Series uh, over 20 years. Maybe it's time we post that picture I got of you from back when you were in the war. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, uh, he you know, came I, right out of I, World War II I, in I NASCAR. Think, I think I think that's uh, one of your better Photoshop. Well, that's not it's What's real. The, hey, I got one more question before we jump in the show. What's the average tire bill per week for these teams now? Because I know it used to be in the $20,000 range. What is it now since I, releasing them, not buying them? Well, I don't know. It's not necessarily releasing them either. They're, they belong to us. Right. But uh, we, we got to give them back if we don't use them. No. Not anymore. No, we own them. So we they're keep ours. them every yes. time now. And they're, they're, we can't do anything with them, but we keep them. Right. I mean, and the the thing of it is, is is we're able now to, uh, I mean, we'll like the cup teams will sell off to truck teams and sell off to Xfinity teams to try to help them out. Right. Because especially like a tire like Texas, yeah, this Texas tire, and especially like TJ brought up earlier, if we go back yeah. in the fall with that tire. There, there'll be some truck teams, some affinity teams say, hey, you know, let me buy it. We know it's an old code because right. it was beginning of the season, but, you know, we'll buy a set from you right? just for practice or something like that. And obviously we'll, you know, we'll, we might sell it to them at half price or, you know, give them a little bit of a discount right? just because, 
it's not doing us any good sitting in a, in a warehouse. Right. right. And if so we can, can help we somebody sell? else, then we'll help them. So, so what's the average bill per weekend yeah. nowadays? Well, we'll <clears> say average, probably close to thirty grand. Wow. So, but when we go back there, though, thirty thousand dollars. Can a truck team essentially buy like three sets of tires off anyone and have them all for practice, or can then buy the whatever they're allowed that weekend? Yeah, I think. If and don't. No, this is since I since since I since I don't since I don't. Actually, pay the this, bill. actually, I have to do all this every week. Um, I think the truck teams and Xfinity teams they can they can bring up to three sets. I want to say from and then home, they can buy. but they can't qualify on that set. Right? Yeah, but I th- think they can only use them for practice. Well, if like, I we, like we would ever soak them or anything. No, 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 no. Happen. I mean, I've, I've read story, I've read stories about. <laughs> That kind of stuff. chemicals that make tires softer to make it go yeah. faster. I can't say I've ever what's seen, the scariest know, seen thing. What's the scariest thing you've ever done to a tire? No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> we're, we're going to get into the show. No. So the first segment we're going to get into is spot on, spot off. And I don't know. Have you ever listened to the show? Yes. Oh, you're so big. What do you mean? Is he ever? Everybody's listened to this. So show. spot on, spot off. I'm going to give you guys Millions a topic, sad. and you're going to tell me if you like it or dislike it. We ready? <sighs> right. You're going first. Oh, I am. Great. Texas Motor Speedway repave, spot on or spot off? Man, this is a big, tall order. You take a wonderful racing surface like Texas Motor Speedway that produced great racing. Unfortunately, the track wouldn't dry. We had a small shower last year, and it took six hours to dry it, which I think is what ultimately forced this repave. I'm not a fan of repaves. I'm going to go spot off with the fact that they had to do it, but I will say spot on in the effort that they put forth to try and make this a good race. Well said. Uh, well, I couldn't tell which way you were going to go with that because you kind of flipped it. I was going to go spot off, but I, I don't care. I liked the racing. I liked to be able to move around. They did a great job, though, making it where we could race a little bit. It wasn't as nearly as sketchy yesterday as I thought it was going to be. So Nowhere near as bad as Saturday. No, Saturday was pretty rough, um, but, you know, it, uh, they put a lot of work into it. And I wish I, – I was actually surprised it didn't start before that. Like, we, we, we knew what it was going to be like. We should have – they should have been doing that for a week before. Two. Up the whole, you know – Couldn't believe how chalky it looked. Yeah, it, just up the racetrack. They're like it, all, like two or three grooves up, not all the way against the wall, but they could have been working that deal for a while. Yeah. So, um, you know, spot on for the for the effort, but I, I miss the old track, even if it took six hours to drive. We'll get, get it. it back in 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> Rob? Rob? Rob will still be here. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before before I get to that, you know, I that you guys, I don't know if you must have me bugged or something because the, all these topics that you're talking teasing me about yeah. had come up as like, Lopes, you know, you were well into the series when they built that place. You were here when it, you know, the first race, and now you're here for the repave. And I'm like, I don't really know what that says, but you know, we'll go with it. But that being said, I. I th- I'm kind of going to go with the way Brett went. I mean, spot off on a repave just because repaves can tend to – I mean, it's a necessary evil. Take but the, the character. But it takes out the character of the race, and Texas had a lot of character. You know, any of these racetracks that are really abrasive and hard on tires tend to make the racing exciting. Um, you know, Atlanta, like they've even put the repave off at Atlanta. Thank God. You know, and, yeah. and, I th- and I think that's going to help us for another year. That place is going to be super fast when they pave it because it was fast when they reconfigured it so many years ago. I was there for that too. But Yeah, 97-ish. <laughs> that was around 97, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Jeff Bodine sat on the pole. Yes, and he held yeah. it wide open through three and four, and everybody was just astounded. Yeah, totally. Spot uh, on, spot off. Kyle Busch scrapes the wall at Texas Motor Speedway and is forced to the infield care center. TJ. Uh, I mean, spot on. That's part of their – 
their uh, precautions now. He hit the wall. Granted, it wasn't bad, but literally, what's it take? Five minutes to go in there and say, hey, I mean, your guys are going to be working on your car for five minutes anyway. So go in there, do your deal. There's a fine line there. Where do you draw the line of how hard a guy hits? Where do you draw it? I mean, I know he didn't hit it hard, but and by the, you know, at least he laid like an infant that he is. <laughs> So you're a fan. Of I'm going team. spot on with the antics that followed oh my the brush gosh. of the wall. So for those of you who haven't seen this, Kyle barely touched the wall. Like he did not hit it hard. NASCAR's new policy is you have to go to the infield care center. So when they came to him and said, you got to go, he demanded a stretcher cart to take him. And he laid Late. out on it and crossed <laughs> his hands across his chest like he was laying in a coffin. And whether you like this guy or not, it's obvious that TJ doesn't, but whether you like this guy or not, it is hysterical that he went this far to, to basically just say, look how silly this is, the fact that I've got to go to the care center. I, yeah. think, I think there's a lot of discussion among the drivers, which we're not all always privy to, as to whether or not they're taking this whole concussion protocol too far. I think TJ makes a really good point of we don't know when a, when a hit doesn't look bad but is bad. You know, and vice versa. So I, I certainly understand what, what NASCAR is trying to do from a medical standpoint, but I think these drivers are – maybe Kyle had a little bit too much lighthearted fun with it. I was waiting on a black flag yesterday to come his way for uh, <laughs> for some of those things. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it, Rob, he went way too far with it. Yeah, you know, he, and he even – he was speaking with our driver on uh, later on Friday. He, he, he was talking with Dale. He goes, I can't believe they made me go to the care center, you know, for that hit. But here again, with everything that's come about, and and TJ can speak on this even with even more detail, especially with our driver with Dale, with everything he went through last year. I mean, that's really opened the eyes of the sport as far as concussion protocol and head injuries, and and it's always been a big deal in our sport. A head injury has, and it's a big deal in every sport. Uh, the NFL has <clears throat> yeah, really brought that to the up. forefront. So, with that being said, you know, you need to err on the side of caution. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you have, you know, you got to be on the conservative side. You know what? Because you can't, you brought it up, you can't tell how hard that hit is. No. I mean, you can, you see some hits and you're like, holy cow, he hit a ton. And they jump right out. And then they'll hop right out. Yeah. And then there's other times, you know, like he'll pop the fence like with our man last year. You know, he, he hit a couple hard times, but it wasn't the wasn't hardest it? hit no. that he's ever taken. And it wasn't the hardest hit that, that made him go, hey, man, hey, guys, I got a problem. Yeah. You know, so you you got to err on the side of caution, and and Kyle's gonna he's an outspoken individual anyway. So oh, come on, tell us how you really feel. You know, I'm just saying he's an outspoken individual. Kristen, I got a question. Last week I, I didn't get to listen to the show because I was busy, and I always listen. But I, I see a, a tweet and Joy Meyer sitting in here in a in a uniform, and, and I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm still yet to understand why that happened. And then today we got Rob in here in, in, in black leather chaps. So is there? But he wore pants under the chaps. Can, can we so get? Can we get that? I, I think we need to get a, a new dress code where we wear our uniform and leather chaps. Done. <laughs> I think we look really hot. All of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Producer Josh and a pilot flying uh, deal. On his on his top, and then the black leather chaps. Do they make them in people that that are six foot eight, Josh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh has no microphone this week, so we can talk about it. <laughs> hey, you, you know what's really interesting? Speaking about Josh, a little off topic for a second. Apparently, Josh, are you playing basketball with us this year? He still can't talk. He yeah, is. Josh can't talk. So and yesterday was play. Josh's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, yeah, Josh! Happy birthday! Thirty-one candles. Thirty-one. So we're 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 trying to figure out how good Josh is. In basketball, Josh yeah. is a phenomenal golfer. He I got have that to be much. Good. He's six nine, but you, you didn't play in high school. Stick him under the right? hoop. 
You did you did play high school? He still don't have a headphone. People still can't hear Just him. Just yes or no, did you play high school? See, if you're that tall and you don't play high school basketball, we got a problem. Yeah. What are you saying? You're probably not that good? And you look great at it. You look like you'd be a phenomenal basketball Josh player. Josh is just I bet naturally I can dribble, athletic, though. I bet so I, I can dribble better than Josh. <laughs> <laughs> are you athletic? <laughs> Me and Josh, one-on-one. Well, you no, know, you. It, 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 I'm not like – Play, I'm not Jimmy Johnson, play, but I mean, PlayStation basketball. He's probably amazing. <laughs> he's amazing yeah. at that. Yeah. Listen, if you want to play Matt, does Madden count? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an amazing football player on Madden yes. too. He's, Sorry, he's I've just first never round seen, draft. Pick. I've never seen any human being wear a crew shirt away from the racetrack, and I just was well. What was going? Joey's down different. With that. What happened with that? Like, was there a reasoning? He for went that? to Victory Lane. Okay. And it's their tradition the that they before. wear their crew shirt Who's to tradition? Penske's. Joey's. I don't know. <laughs> so you just roll in Chick Fil A with your with your Miller Lite. Yeah, Carol. and then he was on. He has his MRN show, so he wore it on Victory that Lane too. hat. So, I mean, so I mean, is that it was clean though? Is that like they so all do even, that? They all do that the day after a win. It's not even the it, same shirt. I don't. Well, think, he wanted it to come here clean. He didn't want to. Smell I don't like think beer. they all do it. We oh, like beer. I got you. <laughs> I don't think they all do it. So I got but, you. Yeah. TJ, are you going to start doing that? No. Why not? He doesn't even wear his crew shirt on the spotter stand. You look if really we, cute on Monday walking around with <laughs> that. Look, if we, win, if we win, I'll wear it here. Heck yeah, on Monday. Fine, I'll do it. Spot on, spot off. Only two off weekends for Cup in 2017. Rob. Oh, oh, spot off. And spot I don't even, awful. Do I even need to even expound on that thought? I mean. Just yes. sigh really loud. Just just two weekends is, is tough. It's tough on everybody. I mean, yeah, like we were talking about them. We felt like we've been 16 races into the season right now. Yeah, we're already. six races in. I thought we were already 16. And yeah, it's 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 tough. I feel two, like it's two October. Weekend, two weekends off is is tough. What do you think? Like, what happens in the room when these people who have this authority go, "Okay, guys, we're gonna race 40 weeks, and we're gonna give them two off." Like, what do you think actually goes through their heads? They're not the ones going 40 right. weeks. Right. I was just going to say, they're not traveling <laughs> that, would that be much. My guess. And they're not in the garage and if, and from if they are, 8 a.m. to 10. They're darn, sure not, they're darn sure not on the same schedule we are. We have so many opportunities to make this schedule flow make sense. You know, we now have a 26-race regular season, a 10-week playoff. We could easily do 10 weeks, take a week off. Do 10 weeks, take a week off. Do six weeks, take a week off. Give us a week off to promote the playoff. And then 10 to run it out for the, for the final deal. But, but not even – even if that's not perfect – Two weekends off over the course of 40 weeks is brutal, especially well, when not, at the end we do 17 or 18 yeah. in a row. That's not going to – 10 weeks off and then off isn't going to fit your Daytona deal because you want to run the 500 and then I'm have a week off. I'm off for that, too. I'm, <laughs> off for, I'm off for having a lot of different things going. Right. Well, I, I want to race every other weekend. We, we used to, Well, I think we used to start the season a lot earlier in February. We did. We started and, right behind and, the Super Bowl. And that's – and now that the NFL has moved their schedule around, that makes life a little harder on us. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts here that goes on our schedule. You guys all know. Was this. that in the 70s? <laughs> it, it, it it may have been in the 70s. I I was even young. A couple then. years ago, it was all right. It's hard, man. It's hard on our families. It uh, and, and look, I mean, we could all find something else to do, but we love our exactly. sport. It, it's not a matter of we're in here about it. It's just a matter of two weekends simply isn't it, enough it, it's it's tough it, it's it's gonna it's gonna make things a lot more difficult yeah. um uh, and i've always I, I always made the statement like when they when they the first time they pushed the, the 500 back and they gave us an, that extra week in february and then right. they did it again this year yeah. and it's like you know i don't need that extra week during the winter no i need that week 
yeah. in June. The middle yeah. of summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By that point, you're just waiting for the season to start anyway. So it's yeah, even you're starting. Ready. Yeah, you're usually you're you're usually amped up anyway, ready to go. In. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather start a week earlier and have a have another weekend. You know, but, but here again, you know, we're just like there's a lot of things we aren't privy to on the level that we're at. Um, we can have our opinions on it. And there's like I said, there's a lot of nuts and bolts that go into this, and I'm sure that it's I, the phrase I like to use, and a lot of people use is it's way above my pay grade. So I'm not even going to pretend to know what's going on. Yeah, if you put all yes, three sir. of our pay grades together, we we got a conversation point. <laughs> Surely we can talk to somebody. Spot on, spot off. Ryan Blaney's run at Texas. <clears throat> Brett, I, I didn't. I, you know, I saw the guy leading the race. Spot on to him, him winning a stage. I'm a huge. Wood Brothers fan because that was my first gig in in the Cup Series was with Eddie and Linwood, so spot on to how well he ran, won a stage. You know, I kind of saw him once he got mired back in traffic that that he was pretty stale. So not sure how that that car was built or what was going on, but when he was in traffic, he was nowhere near as dominant as he was when he was out front. Yeah, like any car that gets back there, I knew when he didn't pit with that four or five laps to go in that stage, I knew he was in a, and there wasn't a long. Wasn't a lot of race. There was a lot of race left, but not a whole race. I knew he was going to be in trouble at that point. You know, you can't. Um, but spot on to them running good though. They're competitive. Jimmy, every week. And, Jimmy and Larson pitted same time, ran one two. So I don't know if something yeah. happened to Larson. I, I read of something about a bad pit stop or something. He drove through too many boxes. Got a uh, penalty. Oh, yeah. That's that's just. I mean, that's just flat out not paying attention. Yeah. Well. It happens every week. But I will say this about this guy. He has the least amount of experience, full-time experience, of anybody in the Cup Series. Yes, this is his second year in Cup compared to Suarez and Jones and some of those guys, but he didn't get there running a full series in trucks or a full series in Xfinity. He got there running part-time gigs, pieced together schedules, and then he shows up last year for his first full-time season. So this is really only his second full-time season in a touring car. So – we're going to see those guys make more mistakes. Who's that, like Larson? That. No. This Blaney? Guy. Yeah, Blaney. Yeah, oh, he had two full seasons in the trucks. Did he? Yeah, did driving he? for Brad. Really? He drove that 29 for two years. Full time? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I mean, he went from there. Did he win? Uh, Yeah, he's won a couple. I thought he ran like piece together stuff. No, he ran He ran Brad's truck for. Full time deal? Yeah, full time. He was the He was the main truck. Okay. Yeah, but I mean. After that, he never had a, a real real good Xfinity car to really get his feet stepped Well, he's done 10, 12 races a year. You know? Yeah, but that's not that many. No. So, yeah, he's doing, like, this is carrying over from last year. When we, You know, Chase and, and Ryan are. They're exceptional guys. Yeah, they are. They're going to be here for a long time. You know, and it's, uh, I, I, don't, I can't tell you right now which one's going to win first. And here's the thing. There's so many things that our fan base needs, our hardcore fan base needs, because NASCAR has gone out and, and tried to develop all of these niches and try to expand who their fan really is. We need a guy like this, like Chase Elliott and Blaney, to come in and run well because they're a legacy guy. We can tap back into somebody that yeah. was a Bill Elliott fan or tap back into somebody that was a Blaney the fan. Kids, too, will latch on to them. It's we great. That. We yeah. got kids liking Kyle Larson. Blaney. These aren't rent ride guys. These are no, badasses. No, these are, these are guys that are going to be A drivers. rent ride rent ride <laughs> yeah. These are going to be A-list drivers down the road here. What are you smiling at? That's funny. <laughs> Have you seen some of these clowns? I've seen the clowns. Yeah. You remember that clown last year <laughs> that you met at the sandbar? <laughs> Man, David, let's talk about David Starr this year. He's the new clown. Well, get the <laughs> out of the way, dude. It is annoying in the Xfinity <sighs> race. God, is he not the guy? Who's the guy right now? 
Who's the guy? Everybody we talk about, that's the yeah. guy. They they get out of the way. Me and Timmy Hill got in a, a tiff of, uh, last year on Twitter, and and I said basically that he was in the way, and he sent back, "Stay classy," and I sent back, "Stay out of the way," and he got out of the way. So maybe David Starr listens to this podcast, and he'll get the hell out of the way. That's not happening. I refer to him as the blind guy. The blind guy. I've been referring to him. I said, "Clear the blind guy" every time we pass him <laughs> out because you don't know where he's going to be. Right. He's the type of guy that goes to the that will you'll be inside off the corner and he doesn't go all the way to the fence. No. So your driver's like overreacting, trying to stay off because he's expecting that guy to go to the wall. Yeah. And I don't know if if he don't know where he's at or what he's doing or if he's doing it on purpose. But yeah. yeah His I car mean, this weekend had sponsor Whataburger. It should have said what the. <laughs> Ah, Josh. <laughs> Good Lord. See, Rob, you don't see all this from Pit Road, man. No, I don't. You guys definitely have a, a better view of all this. Well, it's a, <laughs> he's you the know. type of guy, like this week, the big thing was if there was a hole on the bottom when you got past, you dove in it. So you, you could have a 15th and 16th place car, still pretty competitive cars at that point, passing him with about four car lengths between them. He's the type of guy that will yank the wheel left and come down in between them. Oh. And just be all and then you're up in on the, the way. brake and you're getting wrecked from yeah. behind, and it's, then you're getting passed from behind because you had to check up real hard. And he's and, the uh, guy right now, right? Am I wrong? He was this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, Derek Cope's not far behind him. No, in a cup car, a cup car. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Should we pick for the races? Derek so you have to joke. pick the winner and the guy. The guy. For each race. Well, <laughs> the the guy doesn't the change guy. much. The guy the whose guy. complete car is a blind spot. Hashtag the guy. Yeah, the guy. All right, we're going to take a break. You we'll be right back. Country. All right. All right. <laughs> Yo. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Mike Davis. Junior Nation can breathe again as Dale Jr. and the Exalta Race Team finally put together a complete race and came home with a fifth-place finish at Texas on Sunday. It was Junior's first top five since June 6, 2016 at Pocono, which was the week before his concussion at Michigan and five weeks before his abrupt end to the 2016 season. With the finish, Dale Jr. jumps up five spots in the cup standings and is now 20th heading into the off week. In the Xfinity race on Saturday, William Byron's number nine Exalta Prefort Chevrolet led Junior Motorsports with 17 laps led and a seventh place finish. Elliott Sadler ended up 10th and he maintained his points lead. Justin Algar finished 13th and Michael Annette 20th. In the late models, Junior Motorsports' Josh Berry won the first twin 40 at Hickory Motor Speedway Saturday night and he finished third in the second race. Anthony Alfredo finished sixth and seventh respectfully. The win was Berry's second win of the season. If you weren't following Exalta Racing on social media over the weekend, you missed out on up-to-the-minute updates, photos, and information on Dale Jr. Exalta Racing has you covered on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All you have to do, search them at Exalta Racing, follow, and enjoy. One Main Financial is the largest consumer finance company in the United States, and it dates back over 100 years. TJ, I did not know that, but I did know... That if you are in need of a loan and your finances have taken a turn, one main can help. So race down to the closest one main branch and get back on track. You know that with more than 1,700 locations, there is bound to be one near you. There's actually one really close to us where we're at right now. So find your closest one main at onemainfinancial.com. Lending made personal. Hey, we're back. So we're going to get into fast lane, and this is where I'm going to give the guys a topic to debate, and each person gets 30 seconds, Brett, TJ, and Rob. Four of the topics are racing, and the last one, oh boy, what is this one going to be? Oh, it's a good one. Well, maybe. We got Brett in here. I got my answer. <laughs> I know you do. 
Question one. 16 cars were ready for qualifying when the first session began at Texas. The rest of the field was in the garage going through tech. What's the deal here, Brett? I don't know what the deal is. I hope Rob can tell us, but I'm going to tell you what the real deal is. The fans are losing when this happens. If I'm a Dell Jr. fan, if I'm a Joy Logano fan, if I'm a Clint Boyer fan, and I pay to come watch qualifying, and my guy can't even get out of the garage, I've lost. We have to give these guys an opportunity to pass the process to get a lap. And it is absurd that only 16 out of 40 are sitting on pit road when it starts. Yeah, I'm – I hate it for the fans, but I'm. They matter. I hate it for the fans, but you know the. They give us a shot to go through, and it's our own fault. Like they give us, we have the attempt to go through qualifying or go through the qualifying tech, and if we push the envelope too far and we got to roll around again, we don't make it. That's our own fault. Like you make your own luck, and we've we uh, didn't do a good job of that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> from the ground side of it, yeah. The tech process is you got thirty seconds. It, it's 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 a slow process to begin with, and twenty. If you stop it, if you uh, if you are outside that box and you have to roll around, you're putting yourself in jeopardy of missing it. So you you, you kind of do it to yourself, but at the same time, you know we're in a pretty tight box, and the window's pretty small as far as time goes. And, and, I mean, just to expand upon that with you. Wait a minute. You're usually 30 I seconds. know, but we're talking to you. He oh, gets a rebuttal. The last person yeah, gets, gets a rebuttal. rebuttal. So, so, we're talking if you're one thirty-second of an inch off, you got to go back through. Yes. And and, that, and, and part like, of what and part of what makes it longer, and I don't know if everybody knows this, is now if you fail any one station in tech, you have to go through the entire process again. You just don't go back to the station that and, you failed. And a station that you've passed, you can now fail you even can if now you haven't fail. touched it. Even if you haven't touched it because that gives the inspectors, a, we'll, and we'll look at templates, that gives them another chance to look at your car. Right. You know, and they say, hey, you know what? I missed this the last time, and that's not right. Fix that too. And now you have 24 cars that are not making it on the pit road to have a chance to qualify, which tells me – there's a problem with the system. If it's we need more time, time. make more time. If it, we need more something, make it, more it, something. I think it might be a little bit of both. I mean, I think they give us a pretty good window to get through tech, but at the same time as we as competitors have to be a little smarter and realize that, you know, we're, and we're trying to get all we can get. Yeah. And that's the nature of the beast. We're not losing. We, the teams, are not losing. Yes, we lose a, a get a bad pit stop selection. But at the end of the day, we're still going to be in the race. The people that are losing are the people investing their time and money to watch qualifying and not see their guy qualify. That's the end. That's that's where it all lands for me. I, I, you, you make a solid point there. Uh, definitely – I won the debate. The, the, We're going to the next one. Boss ahead. man Dale Jr. posted a top five finish on the freshly repaved and reconfigured Texas Motor Speedway. Has the 88 turned the corner? TJ. Uh, I, th- I feel like we've already turned the corner before. We just had bad luck. I don't know if, you know, we, you, like, you make your own luck. We sped at Martinsville, put ourselves in the back. We had a shot at a top ten there. Um, we've had fast cars. We just haven't had to finish it. So, I don't know. You have to have everything go your way to run good in this series and even have a little luck at times. And we've been lacking the luck part. That's you, Rob. Sorry. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I guess you're, I, you're second on the sheet. Second right on the there. sheet there. Oh, so, <clears throat> hey, so, yeah, I got to agree with TJ. I'm, and you, you do make your own luck here, and you definitely – we, we have fast cars, and I think this top five for us has definitely is going to be a shot in the arm, and it stopped the bleeding as far as some of our poor performances. And it's and and you know we need to make our own luck, and we need to be better. So yeah. 
Here's what I think is funny about this 88 car. You take tracks like California, like Atlanta, where we see a lot of tire wear, places where Dell Jr. has historically run well, and he didn't run that well. Then you take him to Martinsville, and you take him to Texas where there's no tire wear, and he's hauling ass. So it's almost like Hendrick Motorsports is saying, man, we're really fast at places where there's no tire wear. I'll be curious to see what happens if we get to Bristol and there's a lot of tire wear. I think turning the corner is going to mean we get to a place and, he, and he's back fast everywhere because there's really not a bad track for this guy. Yeah, we've we've got the speed and the stuff that we need to to go fast. We just have to put the puzzles all together and the pieces and and uh just maybe sacrifice a couple chickens, get a box KFC, something. <laughs> I don't even Joe know Boo's what that rum. meant. You don't remember Major League? Joe Boo's rum? Yeah. Sorry, you're whatever. Despite everyone thinking we are 16 races into the 2017 schedule, we are six races into it. Who, in your opinion, is better than you, better than you thought they would be, and who is worse? Uh, I would Rob. say I would say the 88 is worse than, than I thought we would be. I, I didn't really expect us to be uh, in the 20s and points six races in. Um, better, I mean, there's several cars that are sitting up there. Uh, toward the front, like that that twenty one. I mean, the twenty one's running really well, and they're sitting sitting right up there near the top. Uh, the the two CGR cars are both up there, you know, front. So Ryan Newman is my pick for who is better than I thought he would be. This guy won a race within the first five weeks of the year. He's locked in the playoff. It's hard to it's hard to argue against a win. I, I think Rob makes a valid point. I think we all thought the 88 would be better, but I certainly didn't see Matt Kenseth wrecking three out of the first six weeks either. So I've got to say he's probably a lot worse off than I thought he'd be. Yeah, I would say worse off would be the 88. I thought, you know, we normally go to – we start off with one of our strong tracks and we normally we normally come out of there pretty decent. So as far as – I don't know, the 31 doesn't really I – I don't feel like he's been exceptionally strong. He was okay at Atlanta and he – pulled one out of the hat at Phoenix and that was kind of luck but um no I think uh Larson's probably the biggest surprise so far knocking out them top twos I mean I didn't see him come out here doing that Jimmy Johnson took home the six shooters from Texas but ended up getting IVs after the race he is in phenomenal shape so what's the deal the deal is this. They don't let air inside of these race cars. These guys are burning up. They're cooking in there. It's 1,200 degrees under their feet, and, and they're hot. I mean, you take a guy like Jimmy Johnson, he's probably losing five, six, seven pounds during a race, you know, where we've got temperatures in the 80s. So even a guy that can be a triathlete and, and, and run and ride a bicycle and, and, and literally train for this moment – when he when his drink system isn't working, he's suffering physically. I mean, he was about to fall out during the Claire B. Lang video. Took three bags of fluids. That's a big deal. Yeah, I'm gonna go with go with Brett on that too. Uh, you know, the, the guy's in phenomenal shape, and even Dale's following his footsteps, doing some riding and getting in more physical shape. But there's no air in those race cars to breathe and uh, fresh air for him. And you know, those fresh air systems, those drink systems, are critical for those guys, and it's big. Yeah, I think uh, Jimmy's probably one of the most fit guys in the field. There's probably three or four of them that are really, really fit, McMurray, Jimmy. Uh, but, you know, when you can't – even to see Jimmy, to be handing them guys water bottles during the race and, and, and snacking, and uh, every caution to see a rapper fly out of McMurray's window, he's snacking on something. Uh, you know, to see that, – that tells you how hot and how hard these guys are driving. I know Dell Jr. at one point said his hands were numb. He's holding the wheel so hard, just focusing, you know. Yeah. Um. So these guys are athletes. I've got a training tip for them. 
on these bicycles. If they'd wear these leather chaps that Rob's got on, <laughs> they'd sweat more. But, and they'd chafe have, more. They'd have more but, drag. Like, they train harder because well, of that. You know, it's funny you say that because we got a lot of guys on our on our teams, and there's a lot of guys in the garage that do a lot of riding on Saturdays. You know, team guys, you know, they'll, they go go, off. They'll, they'll go off there on a Saturday, and there's 20 of them, and got these bikes. And I, me being me, I made a little joke. I said, you know, I'm going to go get a beach cruiser, and I'm going to put it on our trailer so that way I can ride on Saturdays. And they're like, well, you mean you're really going to struggle pedaling that heavy bike? I'm like, well, you know, y'all got it backwards. Yeah. Like, y'all buy these $5,000 light bikes, weighs two pounds. I said, and you got to go ride 50 miles to get a workout in. Hell I no. said, I'm going to ride Incorrect. a big old heavy beach cruiser. Yeah. I'll ride it for an hour or in 30 one minutes. Year. Yeah. It don't matter. Ride it for 30 minutes, and I'll be back showered having dinner when y'all just getting back in your spandex. And a beer. And, and a, a beer. And that spandex thing just doesn't look right. It's called a kit. It's called a kit. Yes, the kit spandex up. thing. Mm-hmm. Kit up. Yeah. All right. I'm a when they told me so, so I'll bite you. So another spotter, McMurray spotter, actually Tyler Green. I'm a biker. <laughs> he says, uh, biker. Oh. He says, hey Brett, let's go to let's go to this place to eat. And I'm like, what's the name of it? He's like, Hard Eight. And I envision all these guys sitting around in spandex. And I'm like, I don't think this is my kind of place. The name of it's Hard Eight. I mean, it sounds like the opposite of a shoe show. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Anyway, it was a good barbecue. The off-the-wall topic. Alex Baldwin's Bill O'Reilly impersonation on Saturday Night Live <laughs> might be better than his Trump impersonation. Which is your favorite skit from SNL? Rob. Does it have to be any, those two fellas? No. No? It could be any skit. More, more cowbell. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Blue oyster cult. More, more cowbell. That's all you need to know. Ding, ding. Sorry. Ding. <laughs> TJ. I like... TJ um, doesn't watch SNL. He's, I don't. He's I, the only the only thing I can remember is Night at the Roxbury. I, I haven't watched SNL since That's more funny. cowbell. So. Mango. <laughs> the Night at the Roxbury episode is hilarious. My favorite. My favorite. First of all, I don't like Alec Baldwin. I think he's a prick. But the my favorite Saturday Night Live skit was Justin Timberlake dick in a box. That was funny. <laughs> That's I did a, see that one too. It's pretty funny. It is really. And good. it's a good song. Yeah, it is. My dick in a box. <laughs> It's a good one, Josh. Josh, this was your question. Don't be hating on my answer. <laughs> We're going to go into hashtag AskDBC, where producer Josh has chosen a question, a question, a few questions off of the interwebs to ask the guys today. At Plumber Daver one asks, Brett, since you started working in NASCAR, how many races have you missed? I have three kids, and I missed three races. All Births. were all were missed, uh, so my kids could be born. Been doing this eighteen years. I did schedule one kid to be born on Fontana weekend back in the schedule. day. Yes, the, 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 the doctor says, we're going to have this kid sometime around September the 7th to the 9th. And I said, we're going to have it September the 4th because that means I don't have to go to Fontana. We should have never been out there on Labor Day anyway, Rob. You know that. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, I think I've missed three since 2000, late four-ish. Um, you got your guts cut out. Yeah, had some surgery and that was it. I planned the kid in Charlotte week, so that was worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I'm good like that. Yeah, nine yeah. month advance. No, you know, at the, the Charlotte weeks is perfect. Yeah, between the, I mean, it doesn't it is, get but any you better. still got to get nine months to get to that point. Yeah, man, I'm good. So what week was? I don't know. Magic. When, when did the magic happen? That was like seven years ago. You think I remember? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lopes, how many of you missed? Probably the last time the magic happened. <laughs> how many uh, of you missed in the 38, nine years you've been in the sport? I, I, I don't have an exact number. If I had to guess, I'd say I probably missed maybe 10 races in the two-plus decades I've been doing this. Um, 
been a few, but not many, I would say. At Adam King 883 asks, does TJ think that they could have won the race if they could have gotten out front in clean air? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we could have won the race. Um, clean air is huge. You know, Jimmy was really good, but our car was good. We were just kind of stuck back there. I would have, uh, I Adam, would definitely have taken my chances at that. Adam's kissing your ass. That's Thanks, question. Adam. Adam King. At Full Draw 59 asks, did use of Tire Dragon at Texas. Just go with it, Kristen. <laughs> this says Dragon, Josh. This that's what they were saying. That, oh, is that, that what they were saying? Yeah, that's what it's I called. I thought it was going to say Dragon. It's on. way to Animal. go. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Just read Apologize the to Josh right now. I refuse. It's not his birthday anymore. Did use of Tire Dragon at Texas make a difference in bringing in the second groove? I'd say that's probably leaning more toward me. I would say yes. That and the tire for those that don't know, that tire dragon is an like apparatus me. that is that it, apparatus, apparatus that is wow. uh, a it, machine. It, it is a machine that they they pull behind a tractor. It has the compound of tires that we're running for that weekend, and the machine turns the tires in the opposite direction that it's being dragged across. So the tires are turning in reverse as you're pulling this machine forward. It's putting rubber, spreading rubber down. It's uh, the premise, the same premise is used in NHRA. If you've ever gone to an NHRA race and watch them do their track prep, they had the same principle there. And NASCAR has, has developed a machine to, to do the same thing for us to help our track prep. And it comes in handy. A lot of these places that are a little more abrasive or that, you know, you need to widen that groove out before we get there. Um, it's just it, so they it, ran that till like one a.m. didn't they? Yeah, they did it. They, they were on track right after the Xfinity race, and they and they, I think they focused more on one and two. They really wanted to widen one and two out. Yeah, and I think it. I, I definitely think there. it helped a lot I, less banking yeah. in one and two. And, it, and I think it might have helped the restarts. It definitely helped that groove come in later in the day for us. TJ Absolutely. was one of the few guys that were actually trying to run up there a little bit. Yeah, we actually made a couple of passes up there. We caught Brad and got. You could only use it really when there when there's some traffic around. The other guy just if he checked up the littlest bit, you could just roll around him up there and and uh, and make it happen. We probably tried it too much in three and four, but it was uh, worth a shot. I mean, if you could, you're, you're stuck, so um, you know why, why not try it? And it was it was effective at times. So you're not going to go Way up there by yourself. Way better than Saturday. Way better. Yeah, you're not going to go up there and make for, speed for anybody there. Saturday. Saturday was tough. It was a, I mean, it was an exciting race, fighting for the bottom, but, um, yeah. At Rifleman twenty eight asks thoughts on I on the idea of an all star race at Martinsville. Uh, sure. Turn the lights on. Let's go. Heat races feature. I mean, typically the series sponsor has a lot of say in what that weekend looks like. You know, I mean, I think Sprint did a phenomenal job of having pit crew competitions and parades and obviously the race itself. They had a big say in the format, the number of cars they wanted in it, who was going to get in it. I'm, I'm a big fan of putting winners only in it. Then then we say, well, that's not enough cars. Let's put, you know, the chase participants in it. And, and so then it's 16 cars immediately. And so, man, I don't know. I, I feel like the all-star race needs to be somewhere that we can race we can pass, and these guys can go for a million bucks. But I, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard a lot about it this year, Rob. I don't know what you've heard. Uh, I haven't heard a lot about what our format's going to be for the All Star Race. Um, I, I agree with you, like race winners and past winners of that race, to a certain point. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think for the All Star Race is it's a ten year window. It if is. you haven't won that race, it used to be five, now it's ten. Um, and and then winners, past winners. I and I think that works out really well. It puts a, you know, it needs to be special. It can't have, you know, three quarters of the field in there. It needs to be special. Yeah. As far as the location goes, uh, 
I'll say it's it's good at Charlotte because it it backs right up to the six hundred. It puts us from a selfish standpoint. It puts us at home for two straight weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing. I, I think that's big for the for the team guys. You know, it lets their families come in, spend a little time, you know, right there getting into the summer's Memorial Day weekend. Your families can come in, you know, hang out. You, you take you, you can have your friends come in. You take your families to the racetrack. You know, a lot of the teams, you know, will get blocks of tickets for their for their for their employees and the team members. Yeah. It, it gives it just gives a chance for everybody to just kind of maybe take a breath, stay in your own bed. Yeah. You don't have to travel. The trucks don't have to go all that far. You know, it, I, I I think it has its place in Charlotte since you know this is basically the home to what ninety eight percent of the teams. Yeah, Sprint made a major investment into this race into the effort of it. So I think it, it's a big question mark for me to say, what is Monster really going to do? Because when you look at them at the racetrack, they have their small footprint, but that's it. They're not doing suites. They're not doing tents. They're not doing a lot of TV stuff, which Sprint was doing all that. So the big question for me is, who's going to take and head this thing up now? Because I don't know that Monster's going to make additional investments around this particular venue or if NASCAR is going to have to take the full lead on it and do whatever they want. So, I, again, I haven't heard a lot about this year alone, not to mention the future, but Martinsville would be a great track. I think I don't think you want to go further than Martinsville, Charlotte, or Bristol. <clears throat> I think those are all close enough to go and have fun I want fun to go at. to North Wilkesboro. You know, I was too. just thinking the same thing. If we were if we were going to run an all-star race, let's run it at North Wilkesboro, Rockingham. and that'd be the only place. That's the only, even yeah. if it was the only time we go there, they don't even have to be on the schedule. Yeah. Let's go to North Wilkesboro. As far as yeah. the field, I'm fine with the winners and maybe past winners and then maybe run a couple heat races with guys, just a couple, you know, for a short track. That'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. So. Totally. So do totally. You, do y'all have anything totally. to rant about today? Rob, do you have a rant? Anything that really ticked I, you off this past weekend? I don't think. Uh, In general? Not just racing related? No. Yeah. The only thing oh, that yeah. really ticked me off this weekend is the fact that I just have no willpower when it like you brought up hard eight i have no willpower when i walk in that place i dropped 50 dollars on damn dinner in there god how many pounds did you eat, oh, you uh, eat? like i was uh, i think barbecue two, i was two forkfuls of food away from being completely miserable yeah. uh, <laughs> i dropped 30 well, I, bucks and i went bulimic after i mean i i just i i walked in there and i said i want some of that no more give me some of that no i need more of that i need no give me that yeah and add two of those no make it four and give me a hunk of those ribs, and then you, you walk inside. Oh, I need a corn. Oh, I need some of that corn. That and then corn it was like, oh well, dude, you got to oh have the banana gosh. pudding. You got to have the macaroni and cheese, and you know. And then they give you the, the free baked beans. You know, all you can eat baked beans. I'm like, who? I I ain't got time for that baked beans. Nobody told me they had jalapenos in them. Who puts jalapenos in baked beans? They do, and it's that's it's not amazing. good for post race. It's amazing. No, it's that's not good. <laughs> You, you got to eat there early, I think. You know. Yeah, but like yeah. So I, I just I'm I'm ranting against myself because of the fact <laughs> I have no willpower when it comes to the feedback. I'm gonna jump on these tracks again, and we beat them to death. We're gonna beat them some more. We've got executives saying we need quieter race cars when we get <laughs> when we get to the track, and our phones don't even work. It's got a guy like Jeff Gluck who makes his living on and and look, you can say what you want to about Jeff Gluck. This guy now works for the fans. He doesn't work for a click publication. He doesn't work for a news periodical that needs readers. He only gets paid if fans help him pay his bills. His freaking phone doesn't work, so he can't do his job. Imagine being an 18-year-old sitting in those stands with their phone not working. Forget about quieting the race cars. Work on getting our facilities up to date with technology so that we have Wi-Fi, we have service, and we can communicate. It's ridiculous. Hey, it can I interject bad. in that? I want to get in, I'm going to get on that too because that's something that's funny. The whole quieter race car thing. It is a race car, folks. 
I mean, if you want quieter race cars, if you want quiet, the Masters was this weekend. Yeah. Go watch. If you want quieter race cars, I mean, okay, if we're going to have quieter race cars, you know, electric cars, you know, we can we can talk about this all day long. But y'all, we need to put mufflers on these cars. The cost alone for us to do that is going to be unbelievable for yeah. the teams. Yeah. Not to mention the fact, if we're going to have quieter race cars, then the flyover better be a glider. Yeah. <laughs> it better be a glider. If we're going to quiet these race cars down, then that flyover better be a glider because I'm going to tell you what, when those jets come over come I'll, over our heads I'll the I'll other sh- day, I'll we'll pants yesterday. And you guys yeah. are up on the roof. They came from behind yeah. us. So I didn't see them. I didn't know. You know, I, I mean, uh, heck, when we're in Daytona, I, I, I feel like if you guys put your hand up, you touch the wing. Yeah. They were pretty low. They scared me. This, this weekend, they normally come at you head on so you can watch them fly over. Well, this weekend, they came from behind the front stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, because I'm a phenomenal spotter, I've seen them before they got there. Of course. I've sh- I sh- I seen them. <laughs> I sharted. I ain't going to lie. It's loud. Um, it's gross. Yeah, it's definitely – we don't need to discuss that. Any yeah. Further, do we? Speaking of that, do you guys you guys need to do your picks for next week? No. We're oh, no. We have an off weekend. <clears throat> Everybody, All three series are off, right? Correct. All three. Yeah. All that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. The only one of the year, right, where they're all off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're doing a show next week, Kristen. Are you around? Sure, I'll come I'm here. in. Josh, you here? I got something to discuss next week anyway. So oh, hey, boy. hey, we're doing a special show at Whiskey River downtown Charlotte. Have we, we announced that yet? No. Let's announce it now. Announce. Is it final I though? The de- I don't know the details. I don't, well, I don't know if it was final yet, but Josh we didn't know we were doing <clears throat> it. But during Speed Weeks, we're gonna yeah. be live at Whiskey River. We're gonna bring in the epicenter some good friends with us. It's gonna be fun. There's gonna be booze involved. Yeah, we may. We're going to Uber. I might even have a beer that one. Can we get an Uber sponsor? Sure. Did you say a beer? Beer should never be single. It's beers. If I got to drive home. Uber. That's a long Natalie Uber. said she'd be the <laughs> DD. $12. That damn Uber is going to be like 60 bucks. Dude, you can ride from here to California and Uber's like $49. That seems <laughs> inaccurate, wildly. <laughs> Rob, thanks for coming yeah, on, thanks brother. For coming on the show. I appreciate you all having me. I had a good time. Yeah, Thank you. The- Make sure you uh, recognize this Exalta studio. And if you need oh, a loan. absolutely. A fast mm-hmm. loan. If you need a fast loan, One Main Financial, yeah. .com. spot, dude. If you like same day, your, uh, same day loan. Same day loans. Yeah. So this whole chaps thing, you can go buy like 10 pairs of different colors mm-hmm. of chaps if you go get a loan real quick. Or if you want to leave here and go buy a Volkswagen Beetle, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and just climb back on that Harley that's sitting out there. <laughs> leave and, and never come make, back. Make my way on back to Concord, I believe. <laughs> The show's history. We're out. <laughs> See ya. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 